All right, I think we got anything. Are you ready? Woo! Ruins! Woo! Fucking bees! Woo! That was about 24 hours ago, you know. I know! Bruins, man! Stanley Cup, baby! Woohoo! Have you been drinking? Y- little. We'll be right back. I don't feel so good. Failures and welcome to Geek Salad episode 46, early edition. I'm Mike. And I'm hungover. Yeah, go stick your head back in the bucket of water, please. I'm just gonna go have the beer poops right now. Okay. And we're back. Feel better? Oh, much. Oh, good. Much. My ass is burning, but at least we're feeling good now. Uh, that's a good sign. Yeah. So, anyway, yes, my, as Mike's mentioned, welcome to episode 46, early edition. This is our episode where we're going to talk about the best ideas that had the worst execution. Yeah, they just, they, they, were, be, they were either mediocre or just plummeted and crashed and burned. Just terrible. Yeah. Now, I do want to mention that this is a... Um, this was actually suggested by uh, Geek Salad listener Mark, yep. who um, actually mentioned Early Edition as his example, which is why we're calling it Early Edition. Thank you very much, uh, Mark. Yes, which we'll get into in just a minute. Now, as we do every week, we do um, we do try to get people to put in their own input as to what, uh, what, what they would like us to talk about on that topic. And uh, thank you, everybody, who, who got back to us on it. I really don't know how many of you got the assignment. Yeah, I mean, there were good ideas, but there were also ideas that kind of missed the mark. No offense. No, yeah, no offense at all. I mean, there's a lot of good stuff in here, and some of this might actually get turned into future episodes. I don't uh, know. Nicole it. brought up what I think would be great. It's HD discs uh, versus Blu-ray. That's more of like a format wars type of thing where we can look at... I actually went into uh, Newberry Comics recently and saw a shelf full of HD discs. You know that store Five Below, like yeah. the five dollars and below. Yeah. They have every catalog title of, of HD DVD for five bucks. <laughs> five bucks. Five bucks. <laughs> Nobody's going to buy them though because no one's going to get exactly. a HD disc player. Exactly. Um, but there's a lot of stuff here that was, um, you know, some of them were kind of, <clears throat> some of them were more like. It was a good idea, but it didn't do well with the public. Right. Uh, which really is what we're looking for, because there was stuff that, that didn't do well commercially or with the masses, but was excellent nonetheless. Yeah. So let's go through the, some of these real quick. Um, so as I mentioned, Nicole brought up uh, you know, HD players versus Blu-ray players. Mm-hmm. Uh, more of a format war thing. I love my Blu-ray player. Me too. So... Um, and then she brought up Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark, to which I have to reply, did we really think that a Spider-Man musical was a, truly a good idea? It's not especially if you look at the minds behind it. Julie Taymor, uh, Bono, uh, uh, The Edge. That's just not a good combination. It's just not a good combination. There's a lot of ego going on in there. Yeah. And did, you didn't want to Tony's this, this I did week, not, did you? No. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris gave himself 30 seconds to get out as many Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark uh, jokes as possible. During that time, they cut to um, the Edge and Bono who are sitting in the audience, and I fi- really feel that Bono had to be physically restrained from jumping up on stage and beating the ever-living crap out of Neil Patrick Harris. You know what, though? I think Neil Patrick Harris would wipe the floor with him. 
Because <laughs> I love Neil Patrick Harris. I do too. Uh, getting on to this list as well, uh, Christine brought up uh, Jersey Shore, which she doesn't really get. We cover this in detail on yeah. our End of the World episode. Uh, by the way, you're looking good for a dead man. Oh, thank you. All right, cool. Yes. Um, Alyssa had, uh, she, she actually came up with some ideas mm-hmm. for stuff, and st- j- just more like theories. Uh, good pop culture idea, having James Cameron write the Spider-Man movie. Failed execution. James Cameron stealing someone else's horrible script, getting paid $2 million for it, and the result being so abysmal it was never made. I'm going to go on record as saying I never thought James Cameron doing a Spider-Man movie was a good idea, ever, ever. No. Even no. before I found out that he stole somebody else's script, which I guess he does a lot. Yeah. And he yeah. takes credit for them. I mean, even back in the even back in the 80s and early 90s when he was doing good movies. Yeah. Not a good idea to combine him with Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, other, th- other things we have here. Uh, there, there's some stuff we'll get into in a sec, but this is one Alyssa had that was kind of like that, uh, not really what we were looking for. Good idea. Let's take an underground fan love comic and turn it in, into an epic movie. Failed execution, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. This is one of my favorite movies, but when I say it failed in its execution, I mean it made very little, if any, money when it was released. I love this movie. I think the, I think the world of this movie. I was blown away because this exceeded my expectations yeah. for it. I wouldn't call this failed execution because, again... Sometimes it's not about the money. Right. Uh, she also brings up the Watchmen film, one of the best superhero movies ever made, but nobody went. We went opening night. Yes, we, we did. We recorded a show and then went to go see it. Yes, we did. Um, so I, I don't really think that counts, because the Watchmen movie was fantastic. It was, yeah. Um, Mark, who came up with the idea for the show in the first place, actually came up with a good theoretical one. If only they produced Highway to Heaven based on uh, the cranky Old Testament God. That would have been fun. <laughs> Matt Michael Land and walk into a diner, helping people with their problems, and then serving down the wrath of God, <laughs> like Paul Bettany and Legion. See, you know, he, I can just see him turning to the old cranky, you know, mean old bartender, <laughs> and the bartender's face melting. <laughs> um, Nicole also brought up Jeff Dunham as a weekly show. Sounded like it might be good if you were a fan. Turned out horrible, and as such, I'm pretty sure it was canceled after a season. Yeah, it was. What are your thoughts on Jeff Dunham? I enjoy him in small doses. Okay. Um, Don, our, our co-host for our last show, loves him. I can't stand him. I just don't think he's funny at all. See, I, I think about half of his puppets are funny. The other half are meh. Yeah. Like, Walter is hysterical. Okay. Like, the, old, the, old, the old man yeah. puppet. Are you, you talking about uh, working at Walmart? Yeah. Welcome to Walmart. Buy your shit and get out. <laughs> I want to. I want to go into work, work at Walmart and say that exact thing before I get fired. <laughs> um, and that's almost like the, the like Frank TV, the Frank Caliendo show. Oh yeah. Where essentially it was, let's see Frank Caliendo pretend to be a tough guy doing something that they would never ever do, like James Gandolfini hosting a dog show. Right. Yeah. Not funny at all. No, not really. All right, do you want to bring up uh, some of the stuff that you had from some of your guys? All right. Uh, Alyssa said he, she made a lot of suggestions on Andy's post, so... Yeah, and we're going to um, actually... There are some that we're saving for later. Yeah. All right. Sean said Star Wars... Well, we talked about Star Wars before, so... Yeah, we are not talking about Star Wars on this yeah, show. Yeah, no. Batman Forever? I think we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, we, we've done... When you dedicate an episode to a single character yeah. like we have Batman and you know several comic book movie and, and comic book theme shows, 
I think we've done Batman Forever about as much as I think we, we can do without yeah. re- repeating ourselves, more so than we normally do. DC versus Mortal Kombat. Stupid! I agree with this, because, I mean, you got DC, you got Mortal Kombat, fighting galore, and then they... Let's take out the fatalities. Let's, yeah, like... What? Like, like, Superman just wouldn't punch somebody through the head each and every time you throw a punch and connect. Right. Um, he didn't like Thor. Sean, really? Yeah, come on. Sean, come on. Uh, Spider-Man 3? Okay. Um... I think we. I think this is a good time to talk about Spider Man Three. Yeah. Um. I was stoked for the sequel. Yeah. For a sequel to Spider Man Two, because I, I honestly think Spider Man Two is one of the best superhero movies ever made. I agree. Um. I wasn't in love with the fact of them having multiple villains. Right. But you almost can't avoid that at this juncture. Yeah. I mean, I think they kind of went overboard with the villains, to be honest. I, I think so too, especially making Harry Osborn a villain. Yeah. No. no um. I, mean, I could deal with the Sandman, even though he really was almost a minor league villain by the. Yeah. In execution, you really wanted Venom to be the big villain, and they really dropped the ball yeah, on Yeah, Venom was in there for like five minutes. Five minutes, and he was played by Topher Grace. Yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't mind Topher Grace. I just thought they... It was not the Venom that I was looking right. for. With all that said, though, this movie is not the crime against humanity. No. Everybody makes no, it out not today. in the least. This no. is not the... It's not the worst superhero movie ever made. Nope. Um... You know, and there's another one we'll talk about in a little bit. We're going to go a little more in depth in that is also not the worst superhero movie ever made. No. There are far worse, and that which were terrible ideas, like Elektra, yeah, or Catwoman starring Halle Berry. <laughs> okay, we've got uh, the recent Wonder Woman pilot. Um, yeah, we're going to uh, go into that in a little more detail when we get to TV shows, right? And the last Airbender movie. Um, I didn't see it because I heard it was absolute dog shit. Yeah, I can't really say that you that was like a good idea when you've got the idea being made by um, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. That right there is just a kiss of death. Right. Right, exactly. Alright. My uh, good friend Lisa brought up Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Uh, We did that three episodes ago. Yep. (laughs) How about the explosion of 3D? Sometimes it works out, i.e. Avatar. Most of the time it's lame. Also, does everything need to be in 3D? Cough, the Great Gatsby, cough. Yeah, seriously. Baz Luhrmann, yeah. who I wish a violent death upon. Um, <laughs> yes, me too. He, a very quiet violent death. Um, yeah, he's remaking the Great Gatsby, and he's doing it in 3D. Of course, because, you know, when you think of, you know, When I think of the 1920s. Yeah, classical American literature. F. Scott Fitzgerald. I think 3D. I need, I need to see a martini glass popping out of the screen. <laughs> And I just want to give myself a, a shameless uh, plug real quick. Go ahead. Um, our local paper, the Lemonster Sentinel and Enterprise, uh, had an article about 3D and its cancerous effect on movies, <laughs> uh, which I was interviewed for. Yes, he was. Um, he was if, you're, if you're friends on Facebook, you can check it out or just do a Google search for um, Lemonster Sentinel. Uh, you just do that. It'll pull up the whole thing. And just type in 3D and you'll find it. Or you can even type the word... Um, Tron Legacy in, because I did mention that. Yes. Um, it quoted him as a self-described nerd. Yes. But I also call the sheep, because we will go see Star Wars in 3D. Yes, we will. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not uh, proud of it, but it's, I, I can't help myself. Um, I think pod racing in 3D. Pod racing in 3D. The arena scene in 3D. Yeah. Um, the, actually, the three-way duel. Oh, the yeah. The lightsaber duel. Um, actually, Mustafar. 
Mm. Might look pretty cool in 3D. The the Battle of Yavin. Battle of Yavin's going to look awesome in 3D. Oh, wow. Hoth is going to look awesome in 3D, as well as the asteroid scene is going to look awesome in 3D. And just think, Ewoks in 3D. Oh my god, help me. But the uh, the chase through the on the speeder bikes? That's going to look cool. That's yes. going to look cool. Ewoks in 3D, however, I will be drinking heavily throughout <laughs> the show. Um... <laughs> But yeah, it was so that that's my shameless little plug, you know. Yeah. I'm just self subscribe, you know. As they put it on um, South Park on the last episode of South Park for the half season, that I'm coming down with a case of being a um, cynical asshole. I've been telling you that for years. I know, I know. Okay, moving on. Sean came back with another comment: the Marvel comic event Secret Invasion. Okay, they made this big deal of the Skrulls being anybody. Except in the end, they were nobody important. And the series itself sucked. The Avengers spent most of the, t- most of the entire event in the Salvage Land. I, he's right. And, you know, they make a big deal out of, um, you know, Nick Fury being gone for most of the event, building up his team of secret new, the new, um, uh, whatever, the new Howling Commandos or whatever. Yeah. And they turned out to be completely guys you never even heard of. Right. Um, I mean, I never read Secret Invasion. I know, I know everything about it, though. And you're right. It's, it's almost like when you when you hear about a, like a TV show killing off a character, yeah. And it's usually the lamest character in the world. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I I personally think that the whole event was just a way for them to bridge um, Civil War to um, Rain, uh, Dark Reign. Right. There was no other reason for it. Yeah. Um. Jim brings up the XFL. Okay, now let me, this this I think goes into the the column of did anyone really think this was a good idea? <laughs> yeah. Let's have a football league with wrestling sensibilities. <laughs> no, not no, a good idea. not at all. No. I never watched. I never watched an episode, and no. this was during the boom period. Yeah. And Alyssa comes back with one more idea: the comic book, comic book version of Doom. If you've never read it or seen this online, it is gold. Gold in a good way or gold in a shitty way? I'm thinking gold is in yellow rain. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, everybody, for your your uh, your um, your contributions. Um, obviously, now it's time for Chris's Cultural Corner. Yep. KKK, that's not good. All right, let's get into this. Now, I'm, I'm really going to... Chris gave me two pages of stuff here, all yeah, right? Yeah, it's quite... Um, yeah, so what we're going to do is we're going to kind of clip some of this stuff. Um, Sorry, Chris. It's okay, Chris. First of all, you did bring up Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, you know, and yes, while you feel it is an obvious one, we also have brought up... We've just... We've talked this to death. Yeah. We really have talked Star Wars to death. So, um... And don't get us wrong, we'll probably talk, to, talk it some more, but we, eventually... At some point, yeah. It's just that w- with this... Yeah. We have, you know, I, th- I think we, we really want to try to strike, uh, you know, a new oil here. Spider-Man 3, which, you know, so, um, I think, was it Sean? Yep, Sean. up as well. Uh, the first two Spider-Man movies were great, then they treated to this movie an emo Spider-Man. That dance he did. Ugh. He's, um, he's got a point. He does that, have a point. That, that was really stupid. Usually yeah. when I watch the DVD, I skip over that scene. Yeah. Um, up until he punches Mary Jane in the face. See, I loved Gwen Stacy, and they didn't do her justice. No, they didn't. They no. didn't. The Matrix sequels. Um, I'm actually we're going to put this one off. Yes. And the reason why, Chris, is not so much that it was a bad idea. I think it's a very good idea because I think people really wanted to see Matrix sequels, and they were garbagey sequels. Yes, they were. We are going to have a show in the very, very, very near future all about bad sequels. Yes. And prequels. 
So, um, and obviously... These, these we, ones are holding a special pedestal of honor. Yes, exactly. They, they are the Stanley Cup of terrible sequels. Yeah. So, um... Email is forever, Chris. So we're gonna we're gonna hold on to those, and we'll go over the Matrix stuff later on. Quite right. Um, for TV, he brings up specific episodes. Yes, the Seinfeld finale. No brainer. Everyone expected Jerry and Elaine to finally declare their love for each other, and they almost did, as they feared they were about to die in a plane crash. But then it went south from there. They didn't help a stranger getting robbed, which caused him to get arrested. And then they went on trial, and they were sent to prison with George and Jerry having a conversation about buttons. Then we fade to black. Always panned as one of the most disappointing series finales ever. You know what? I've never, ever watched a single episode of Seinfeld. Really? I'm quite proud of that fact, okay. too, because I can't stand that. I used to love Seinfeld. Right. Um, especially in college, I, I used to love Seinfeld. Um, I could back agree. in your heavy drinking days, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, I just... Yeah. Never mind, never mind. Anyway, um, yeah, the sequel was a bit... It is the sequel. The, the finale was a bit of a letdown. Um, I did like, and I think a lot of people, this was missed on a lot of people, that the entire finale was just set up to show what awful people those four really are. Okay. That they're terrible people because nobody came to their rescue because they kept bringing back people that they'd wronged throughout eight seasons. <laughs> Alright, Battlestar Galactica finale, Chris also mentions, the, the new Battlestar Galactica, of course. What I've always the, loved this what show. What the classic Battlestar? Do you remember what the season finale was, or the series finale was for that? They didn't really have one. Exactly. It was Battlestar 1980. <laughs> All right. So Chris says uh, for the Battlestar Galactica finale on on Sci-Fi. Yeah. I've always loved this show. From the first episode up until the second to last episode, they couldn't go wrong. Then the finale happened. Very confusing, and it was a little rushed. I think. Um, Mark brought this up as well in terms of I having a conversation with him about the finale. That really, you have all that technology, and you're going to start. Completely from scratch. <laughs> sure, why not? Yep, yep. Not. It wasn't great. I didn't feel it was a letdown. Mm, uh, it kind of let me down a little bit. All right. I mean, well, the thing was, yeah. I mean, the story, the the stuff with the Cylons. Yeah. Kind of, especially when um, what's it? The fat one. Oh, I don't know. Killed the the bitchy girl Cylon. <laughs> Who oh, killed his wife? It. I don't remember anybody. I don't remember any character's name now. I remember Hilo, and I don't think he had anything to do with anything. Um, <laughs> the Valley Girl Cylon. Yeah, exactly. No, but there was that one Cylon who ended up in uh, on V. Yeah. And uh, he found out that he, that she had blasted his wife out the airlock, and he kills her. Right. And all, you know, like, the shit just hits the fan at that point. That was pretty cool. And then when they launched all the ships into the sun, and right. they played the original Battlestar Galactica theme, mm. that was cool. So, um, Chris moves on to video games. Mm-hmm. Daikatana. Thank you, because I can't pronounce that. I have played this game. You have? Yes. All right, you want to read what he has? All right, Chris. Here we go. Everybody remembers the famous ad for Daikatana. John Romero was about to make you his bitch. John Romero at the time had just left ID Software after helping John Cormack create one of the greatest video games of all time, Doom. The hype was huge for this game by the time it actually did get released. After quite a few release date delays... The gaming public had seemed to be already sick of it. It didn't sell well at all. Classic example of gaming disappointment. Yes. 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 Okay. And finally on his video games, he does mention the Atari 2600 Pac-Man. When Atari got the exclusive rights to make Pac-Man for its 2600 console, it was big news. Finally, gamers would be able to play Pac-Man at home. Atari promoted the heck out of it. They even made the release date of April 3rd, 1982 as... 
National uh, Atari National Pac-Man Day. He actually enclosed a picture here as well. Only five more days until Atari National Pac-Man Day with round dots. Yeah, I might add five round dots. Five round dots. Of course, when the game got released, what we saw what Atari did to this beloved game, it was nothing like the arcade game, and even though it sold well, I assume a lot of them got returned. It was one of the games that was claimed to have started the video game crash in 1984. I can definitely see why. Yeah. And then there's Duke Nukem Forever. Okay, I I will agree with this one as well. All right. At the time of this email, Duke Nukem Forever hasn't come out as of yet, but I am adding this game because it has been in development hell for the better part of 14 years. How can the game live up to that many years of hype? Um, I ask the same thing about Tron Legacy all the time. I know they are promoting this game a ton right now, but I have a feeling that it uh, won't do well as well as people think. Yeah, I, I can I can expand on this one. I had actually gotten this one on pre-order. Really? Um, and then it came out. I read the reviews. And pretty much all the reviews are saying the same thing. It's a decent first-person shooter that should have been released about ten years ago. Yeah. Um... I even saw an online my, one of my favorite online web comics, uh, Control Alt Delete, basically made a joke about it, ha- saying "best diffused by 1998." <laughs> so, needless to say, I did not end up picking it up. I ended up taking the money off of that one and putting it towards Legend of Zelda 3DS, which is coming out on Sunday. Nice, nice, enjoy. Yes, yeah, enjoy. So, I mean, I want, I still want to get it. But not sixty dollars worth. Want to get it? Right. Actually, somebody did a great thing with. Um... Like great practical jokes, right? And it was on Crack dot com, and they had this thing where this guy had a, co- a copy of Duke Nukem Forever, mm-hmm. and he opens it up, he puts the gay thing in, and then uh, the Rick Astley video shows up. Perfect. Quite right. Yes. So thanks a lot, Chris. Um, like I said, email is forever, so we were going to save some of these uh, things yes. for later episodes, including, if I'm not giving away too much, and now the sequels thing is most likely a, um, a post-episode 51, Yeah. as is uh, Mike and I have decided to do an episode dedicated strictly to Pac-Man. Quite. Which will be very interesting, if not very short. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Well, no, there's a lot of games. There are, there but are they're a ton all, of games. Come on, they're all the same game. Uh, yeah, but you, we'll talk the differences. Yes. We'll talk Buckner and Garcia. We'll talk the cartoon. We'll talk the serial. Pac-Man fever. <laughs> anyway, let's move on um, to great ideas that did not turn out well in execution. Quite. We'll start off with Mark's suggestion of early edition. Do you remember that show? I do remember that show. Uh, Mid-90s CBS uh, during their old people block. Exactly. It was (laughs) that and Dr. Quinn Medicine Women. Oh, yeah. And um, Texas Walker Ranger. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Chuck Norris. That show completely... I mean, that wasn't a good idea to begin with. But that show completely jumped the proverbial shark when he started fighting aliens. Quite right, yes. It was like Alien Boy with with telepathy. (laughs) Um, but yeah, Early Edition was this show, a very interesting concept, and I think I got through the first season. I starred Kyle Chandler, yep. who is now on Friday Night Lights. And, very likable guy. Yeah, very likable guy. Um, it also has, um, oh Christ, now I, now, you know, I, the name is on the tip of my tongue, I can't remember what his, what his name is, though. He played, he played, did that terrible racist Indian, uh, stereotype in Short Circuit. Oh, uh, Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens, thank you. 
Thank you. As as his goofy buddy. Here's the concept, okay? Is he Indian? Huh? No, he wasn't, because he's not Indian. Here's the concept of the show. Try to follow me on this. One morning, a guy, just just an every every man, wakes up and sees a a cat and a paper sitting on his doorstep. Mm -hmm. The paper is is, uh, dated the next day. Right. And usually there's a headline on it, like, three killed in fire, girl drowns in flooding accident, that kind of thing. Yeah. So now he's got 24 hours to make that right. That This actually sounds a lot similar to uh, another show I, show I actually enjoyed watching mm-hmm. on Fox, um, True Calling. Okay, yeah. Starring Eliza Dushku as a, as a woman who interns in a morgue. Yeah. And the bodies will occasionally come to life, ask her... For help, yeah. suddenly she'll go back in time like 24 hours and try to help that person huh. stay alive. That's cool. But with this show, I mean, that's a pretty cool concept. Yeah. Here's the problem with it. It never really followed up with the whole, hey, why is this mysterious paper showing up every morning? In more of the, okay, I'm going to go help people with their personal problems. I'm not going to question where this paper from the future came from or what that cat's doing. I'm going to go, to, I'm going to go help these people. You solve their personal problems. I just okay. love that term. <laughs> it's a great term for all television. I'm going to solve their personal problems. <laughs> um, it just tell me, tell me about your mother. <laughs> I mean, it's a really a show that just kind of lost the plot yeah. very early on. I, like for the first two episodes or so, it was like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to just sit here. I'm going to wait see who's leaving the paper. He falls asleep. The paper's sitting there. Or of course, whatever. Um, and then maybe they got a new showrunner who's like, you know what people really want to see? You're solving people's personal problems. Of course. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, if you can find it, I think you can find episodes on YouTube. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you can. And it's got that, that, that terrible CBS music, <laughs> that, that CBS Saturday. You, you, you must be putting your dentures in right now because <laughs> there's no goddamn reason that a person of, a, of the age of 25 is watching television on a Saturday night. <laughs> Yes, CBS Saturday night for people that have nothing else to do. <laughs> for people that like their food pre-chewed. <laughs> Moving on yeah. to Star Trek Enterprise. Yes. Now you know there's tons of Trekkies, or Trekkers, or whatever you want to call yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Fine, I have no problem with that. Star Trek is a wonderful thing. Yeah. In and of itself, it's a wonderful thing. Who really thought? That doing a prequel was going to be a good idea. Yeah, I started watching the show. I enjoyed the first episode, and then I, then it, as it went on, it was more like this is less of a prequel and less of let's see how many references to the previous better Star Star Trek series exactly. we can put in there. Exactly. Huh. Uh, the other thing too is that th- this kind of has like Phantom Menace syndrome to it. Yeah, where it takes place you know in the past, mm-hmm. but everything looks newer and cooler and better right. than it did in the future. <laughs> The, the first the first season, about halfway through it, they meet up with the Borg. Yeah. They hadn't even met up with the Borg by the second season of Star Trek Next Generation. Right, exactly. They had barely met Vulcans, for Christ's sake. Exactly. And the Klingons were, you know, fairly common. No, Klingons were actually kind of rare even in the, the original series. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um... Did people just forget all about all this? What now, the hell? truth be told, this this is actually the shortest running Star Wars yeah. Star Trek series out it, there. It was only going to have three seasons, but a letter writing campaign brought it back for a fourth. For a fourth, and then the people just like, why did I learn to write? <laughs> yeah, then they watched the the series finale, and they're like, 
I shouldn't have brought that back. Why did I do this? Yeah. That's stupid. Is, is that a dog? <laughs> is there a dog on the bridge of the Enterprise? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> why? Why is? Why am? Why is it quantum leap in this in the Star Trek? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just, that was the thing. Like you know, well, we're receiving a transmission. Sam. <laughs> no, no, go away. No, oh, please. No, damn it. Sean. Stop, stop the voices. Stop the voices. <laughs> now another one which has been making the rounds lately. The uh, Wonder Woman pilot. Yes, mentioned by Sean. Mentioned by Sean. Um, I'm going to throw this out here. Is I really think it's a good idea. The only reason why it's a TV pilot is simply because no one could get a movie off the ground. Right. Which is kind of weird because, you know, you got Wonder Woman, you got Batman, you got Superman. That's the big three. Mm-hmm. Why is Wonder Woman so hard? Because nobody cares. She's got a terrible rogues gallery. I kind of care. You know okay. What? Yeah, no, I, I I understand. You want, you know, sisters representing all. Yeah. But she's got a terrible rogues gallery. Why do we need her if we have Superman? Because she's got boobs. There you go. All right. Enough said. Yep. All right. Um... So, whatever. We still haven't watched this pilot yet. I no. need to get my hands on it because yeah. we will we'll throw that in shills and, and dissect it mercilessly if we have to. Shills are stupid, stupid. One of those. One of, one of, it depends on how it really <laughs> turns out in the end. Uh, Mike, you want to hit the last one? Yes, the Doctor Who TV movie. With Paul McCann, who yes. was on, um, he was Mr. Bush in uh, Horatio Hornblower. Oh, very nice. Yeah, which was actually kind of cool. Now, don't get me wrong. I thought he made a he made a viable doctor. Um, but thing is, this was made in 1996. This, mm-hmm. um, the series had already been canceled in 19, 1989. Yeah. And so they decided this was actually made for American audiences. Yep. And for American audiences, people like me. Right. Who are just like, what? Really? 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 They completely screwed with his uh, his backstory. They said he was half human. Yep. Which is completely false. Yep. And, yeah, Paul McGrann, yay! Uh, the Master was the villain. He was like, you know, one of the, doctor, the Doctor's classic villains. You know, one of a rogue time, time lord that can match him for wit, for wit. Played by Eric Roberts. Wow. No! No, that's just that's no. dumb. That's no! That's just dumb. No. Eric Roberts, bad. Yeah. Very now, bad. The sick thing is, though, is that they've really had to kind of fit, fit him in to the, the, the Who continuity, though. Yeah. Like, in terms of how many times the Doctor can regenerate himself. Yeah. McCann is in there. Yeah. Taking up a slot. <laughs> he he has done a lot of the uh, radio. Uh, he's kind of extended his his Doctor's um, adventures. Yeah, he does uh, audio books. Exactly. Does... So let's move on to movies, yeah. um, and I want to start with something that Alyssa had put that uh, I held off from Alyssa. Good idea. What if we made a new Superman film with a star, with a new star, and modern special effects? Twenty years after the failure of Superman Four, fans are probably hungry for a fresh start, right? Failed execution. Superman Returns. Yeah. Okay. Everything seemed to be working for this movie. Everything should have worked for this movie, and I'm you know again. Just like Spider-Man 3, this isn't the crime against humanity that everybody makes it out to be. Brandon Wealth was a superior Superman. He was a fantastic Superman. I feel bad he's not getting another shot. He was a brilliant Clark Kent as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had 
the genius to play Lex Luthor. Yep. Oh, you had Kevin Spacey, yes, who I would exactly. watch read a uh, newspaper on the on the toilet. Yes. Um, and pay to do it. <laughs> um, it. Fantastic. You had Brian Singer directing. You had. I mean, you had a you really know, fresh good cast. Off, fresh off his success in X Two. Yep. X Men Two. Yep. Um, so every all all cylinders are running. What happened? It uh, was a love letter to the Richard Donner 1978 movie. Right. Superman never punched anyone. It was boring. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, again, because he couldn't punch anybody. And he really didn't get a chance to really exhibit the full extent of his powers. No. Plus, apparently he was admitted to the hospital and nobody threw a pair of glasses on him and said, Hey, that's Clark Kent. <laughs> wait, wait. Wow, Superman's in the hospital. Where's Clark? Why isn't he covering this? Oh, he's always gone when Superman's <laughs> here. Um, yeah, it just—I don't know. It, I enjoy it. I have—I've watched it a few times since yeah. I saw it in the theater. I actually picked up the Superman um, Blu-ray set. You did. You did do the the, the, the Blu-ray box of steel. Yeah, nice. I um, I traded in my box, my actual box of steel, but I kept the box. Okay, well, that. the steel box. Yes, I put my Blu-rays in there. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. It's it's not bad at all. I mean it's it's not it's not terrible, but it just it gets mired down in in Lex in too much of Lex Luthor, which is kind of odd because Kevin Spacey is brilliant at Lex Luthor. Exactly, but, but it's just it's too much of him and too much of his sidekick. Which one? Uh what what was her name? Parker Posey. Uh, Parker Posey. Yeah. yeah, and then there was uh, Christ, what's his name? He uh, James Marsden. Yes. James Marsden, who left the X-Men franchise to not play Superman, or not play Lex Luthor, but to play the guy who's bagging Lois Lane. Yeah, and didn't really do anything in that movie. Yes, and died like a bitch as a result in X-Men. Yes, he did. Um, I mean, speaking of, of movies that, that didn't, that good ideas, terrible execution, the Phoenix Saga. Yeah. In X3. You got the final shot in X2. Predicting the Phoenix. I had shivers. Yep. Oh. And what they do, they change directors. What the hell is this? What? What? My biggest issue was that they wasted so many mutants. They did. In that. Just like, okay, these are mutants that maybe might make decent characters later on down the line. Nope. Wasted. Morlock. (laughs) Yeah. Let me see. We got the whole line of mutants here. Let's make them cannon fodder. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. There you go. Uh Uh-huh. All right. No point to that. No. All right. An- another one on the Superman list of, of uh, great idea, terrible execution, the animated Superman Doomsday. First half. Yay. Second half. Boo. It's more like the first ten minutes. Yay. Uh, the whole battle with the Doomsday. Yeah. First ten minutes. It's kind of odd that it's called Superman Doomsday because uh, that was only a small, small part Very of small. the movie. This movie is, is boring. Yes, it is. Terrible casting. Oh, oh, who it played Superman? It was Adam Baldwin. Yes, it was. Adam Baldwin from Serenity. And, and Firefly. Yep. And Anne Heche. <laughs> crazy <laughs> Anne Heche. Crazy Anne Heche is Lois Lane. <laughs> Where could they have gone wrong? Anne Heche. <laughs> <laughs> Another one on, on the list of great idea, bad execution, Ang Lee's Hulk. Yeah. I mean, this was Ang Lee fresh off of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Which was a very cool movie. Yeah. You, you, know, you Ang Lee, he's got this huge, great vision you got the Hulk, ready for a comeback. Let's put them together and watch the... What the, what the hell? hell? It's an hour in. You're going to turn green at any point? <laughs> oh, <laughs> look, poodles. No, no. It's, no. And plus, you had that teaser trailer. That was a great teaser trailer. It was trailer. a great teaser trailer. 
and had no business being in that movie. Yeah. It only has light continuity with everything else that we're raving about now. Pretty much, yeah. So, next yeah. up, uh, this is a 2-4 for, for Mr. Tim Burton. Yeah. Planet of the Apes. In Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. How stoked were you when you found out that Tim Burton was going to be directing the Planet of the Apes? I was not that excited, to be honest. You were really okay. I was more excited about this than the the um, the intended James Cameron Schwarzenegger. Oh yeah, I was Planet of the Apes, big time. Yeah, where what? Schwarzenegger would just be blowing away CG monkeys with like <laughs> monkey, <laughs> monkey, <laughs> have a banana. <laughs> You're so appealing. <laughs> Do not ape with me. <laughs> God, stop monkeying around. <laughs> with, with, you know, with some kind of, like, just heavy, heavy societal message on there as well. Oh, of course. As only James Cameron can give. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, not, not great. I would go so far as to call it stupid. I would too, yeah. Lands on a planet. You think it's Earth. And it turns out, yes, it, it really is. kind of was Earth. Yeah. But in a parallel dimension. Where monkeys took over a long time ago. Yeah. I don't get it. And quite frankly, Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. He's no Charlton Heston. Exactly. No. Then Alice in Wonderland. Okay, totally up his, you know, totally oh, up yeah. Tim Burton's alley. This is going to be great. It's going to be weird. It's going to be whimsical. I could not give two flying shits about this movie by the end credits. Quite. I mean, to be honest, I was expecting so much from this. I mean, Alice in Wonderland. The whole point of the entire book, play, movie, whatever, is completely supposed to be insane. Yeah. There's nothing supposed to be make sense. And Tim Burton completely pulled a fast one in. Made, made a little bit of sense. Let's give it a plot. Like, what? What? Yeah. I don't know. You're insane, director. Why are you doing this? That's foolish. Yes. It looked great. It don't get me wrong. It looked beautiful. It deserved the Oscars it won. But... Jesus Christ, I don't need to see that movie again. Not a great movie, no. No. Um, let's go to Nicole, who actually had something about the next uh, section of our movies, as soon as I find my notes here somewhere. Uh, uh, it's, I start it. Uh, no, no, no. No, no, before. That's not it. Yep, professional cracker group here. All right, good pop culture idea. Let's make movies based on old video games. Failed execution, Uwe Boll. Enough said. Yeah. Um, what Now, what has he done? He's done House of the Dead. Yeah, he's done House of the Dead 2. Oh, wait, no, that wasn't him. No, um, Blood Rain. <laughs> um, Postal. Blood Rain, Postal. Oh, God. Here, let's make, take an exploitive, terrible video game and give it the world's worst director. And make it a movie. And make it naked David Foley. Ugh. No, no, no. Uh, oh, yeah, Alone in the, Alone, Alone in the and, Dark. Right. Oh, God. Mortal Kombat is another one. Not, not directed by Uwe Boll, but really... It should have been. <laughs> super violent video game, okay? I mean, for God's sake, you're pulling people's spines out. Yeah. What do they do? PG-13. Yeah. Then they promised us. Annihilation's going to be R-rated. Everything the fans want. What do we get? PG-13. And quite frankly, Annihilation was the... In, one of, in my opinion, one of the worst movies ever made. Yes. I mean, they, they had teased us in the first movie with a battle between Sub-Zero and Scorpion. What happens? They're allies! Oh! Second movie. They were teasing us again. Battle between Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Eternal Enemies. They fought. Five minutes. That's it. Yep, that's And then it. they vanished, and you never hear from them again. Yeah. They threw in half the cast of Mortal Kombat. Five minutes. Five minutes. Five Let's minutes. Let's be completely honest, Mike. There are tons of video games that sound like they make great movies. There has not been a good video game movie ever, 
ever, ever. And, I mean, the closest they got was Prince of Persia, which was fun. It was fun. Uh, I don't have to see it ever again, but it was fun. (laughs) I'll also say um, Silent Hill. Silent Hill? Okay, I watched Silent Hill, and I was just kind of like, Make them a sequel. Really? Yes, they are. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, Okay, well, they keep making sequels of Resident Evil, and that has nothing to do with the video games. Um, Yeah, I mean, with the exception of Super Mario Brothers, realistically speaking... I think people set themselves up for failure every time. It's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. It's not going to be that bad. It's going to be awful. Super Mario Brothers? Super Mario Brothers is awful. Whoever thought that was a good <laughs> idea to begin with is, is is an idiot, quite frankly. Again, starring Fisher Stevens. Who was he in? He was one of the, uh, he was one of King Koopa's, played by Dennis Hopper, King Koopa's uh, dim-witted sidekicks. Oh, God. Yes. Why? See, uh, it kind of scares me. I actually remember that much about that movie. I watched that movie once, and I really just... You know, like, when you eat something, and it it's really doesn't taste very good? You try to wipe it off your tongue? Try doing that with your eyes after watching Super <laughs> Mario Brothers the movie. Break out the bleach. <laughs> I don't care if I go blind. I'll never see that again. Finally on the list of movies, the Hasbro uh, consortium here. Yes. Transformers and G.I. Joe. Yeah. Um, yeah, again... Face value. Sounds like it would be awesome movies. Trans- robots that turn into cars. Robots in disguise. And fight other robots that turn into other things. Yeah. Fantastic. What do we get? Michael Bay. Yeah. Um, I'm still convinced he doesn't know what a tank looks like. No, he doesn't. Uh, the This movie looks... The, the new one, Transformers 3, mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be more about Sam. Yeah, and his brand new girlfriend. God, his grand, brand new eye candy. Now, I really want someone to, to tell me what the percentage of the time that Transformers that are not Bumblebee or Optimus Prime are on screen. Oh, 2%, maybe Maybe. Less. maybe. Can you tell them apart? No. Exactly. Um, and, and you know you know that scene where they get like the, the, the flying squirrel suits? Yeah. Oh, God. Did, did you hear about why he put that in the, in the film? He saw them and loved them. Yeah, he saw them on like, Discovery Channel. He's like, that's cool. Let's put them in the movie. But... You know what? Here's $40 million. Throw a scene revolving those. <laughs> but there's no point in them. Throw them in there! Throw them in there. There'll be an explosion behind them. It'll be awesome. Which brings us to G.I. Joe. Yeah. Oh, my God. Really? Really, G.I. Joe? Silly movie. Now, I, I love G.I. Joe, too. I am the biggest diehard G.I. Joe fan. I didn't care for this movie. Now, here's the thing. I... And my friend Steve, Ape Cod, um... Really, his biggest problem with the movie was the fact that it wasn't the all-American heroes. It was an international group. It was like an international military group. To be honest, I didn't care. I, I, I didn't care at all. It no. didn't affect the story. You know what did affect the story? Marlon Wayans. The story affected the story. <laughs> and Marlon Wayans. Yeah. Who should have been shot and <laughs> yes, tortured. I, I seriously wish that there's a cutscene in that movie somewhere where, um, I'll just say Destro. Riddles Marlon uh, Marlon Wayne's character so full of holes with bullets he is unable to fall down because it's just he's just standing up there you know he just ends up a bloody splot in the wall yeah terrible they're making a sequel but it's I guess it's gonna be like a completely different storyline it's well, not even a sequel it's just a reboot hopefully hopefully as long as Channing Tatum isn't in there no I'm fine The Rock is gonna be uh, roadblock in that one apparently I got no problem with that I got no problem with that uh, just I've already tweeted with um, Mr. Johnson as well, and like, please, if there is a scene where you share any screen time with Tanning Chatham, kick him the balls for me, please. <laughs> oh, God. I thought right. Roblox was supposed to be black. Rock's half black. 
Yeah. Seth Black's last movies, like uh, Tony Rocky Horror. He's also supposed to, be, supposed to be a chef. True. Let's give him that. Come anyway. On. All right. Moving, moving on. on. Video games. Well, first of all, let's, let's just turn the tables on our last uh, topic. Video games based on movies. Yeah. Legos accepted. Yes. If it's a Lego game, it's going to kick ass. Right. Enough said. Um, but the Phantom Menace video game. You know, the sad thing is I, I pre-ordered that one. I bought it for PC. Oh, my God. Which is very stupid. Um, I mean, there are certain, like, Clone Wars was not a bad game. Like, the pre-cartoon Clone Wars yeah. video game, not bad. Revenge of the Sith video game, not okay. bad. Okay. Star, I, I think Star Wars almost gets a pass immediately on this. Yeah. Um, but, well, let's see. Iron Man. Yeah. Pretty terrible. I haven't played uh, Thor. Looks pretty terrible. Yeah. Green Lantern looks awful. I got, I got, I got a topper for you. Mm-hmm. I bought an action game for the PC based on Dune. Oh, was it like one of those, um, made like by, a Sims type of a strategy game? No, 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 no. This was an action game. Shit! Made really? by some like piddly little European company, and then badly translated into American. Oh God! The control scheme was completely shot. Oh man! I still have it because oh, I can't get rid of it. I actually used it to write down on my. I wrote down my notes <laughs> because it was a hard surface. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Other yeah. games that have been disappointments. X-Men Legends. Yeah. Go ahead. I enjoyed the game. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a very good X-Men game. But the main problem was, once you had a team that you liked, once you had a team that worked, you never changed it. Right. They give you like 50,000 characters to choose from, and you get four. Well, here's the thing with this game. I, I got the game. I played it for a little bit, put it down, just got distracted with other things. And then I got Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Yeah. Which was fantastic. Yep. I thought it was the same engine. It because pretty much is. Should be. Yeah. Went back to uh, Marvel uh, X-Men Legends. Not the same engine at all. Oh, okay. Really difficult to play. Yeah. And X-Men Legends 2 with Apocalypse. Yeah. Which came out after Alliance. Yep. Even worse. Yep. And then that brings us on to which this should be our Superman podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Can anybody name a good Superman game? Um. Um. <laughs> give me a moment. I'll take it from your silence um, that you think not. Superman. Ret- no. Um. Death of Superman. No. Oh. Superman 64. Wait, oh, wait. 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 Sorry. No, bad, bad. Sorry. Yes, here's your objective fly, around, fly through these rings. Yeah. That's it, pretty much. Yeah. Because I remember when Superman Returns came out, the video game came out, and original host Mike C, all about this game. Well, you know, it's a lot different than any other... God bless you, Mike. I love you like a brother, but really, you you defend a lot of terrible things. Um, I I bought this game, I played it, I started playing it, and then after the city died for the first time, I was like, wait, wait, huh? Wait. I'm trading this back in. Yeah. This game sucks. (laughs) Um, you, I mean, you can say the same with most Spider-Man games. Yeah. Most, um, not all. They're, they're starting to get better, but, I mean, I mean, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, they're both sandbox games. Yeah. That were actually ridiculously hard. Was it Spider-Man Black and White that actually was pretty decent, though? Um... No, it was Spider-Man Web of Shadows. Web of Shadows, thank you. That was actually pretty decent. Ah. I enjoyed that one. So, uh, yes, too much money wasted on terrible games. Yeah. Most Simpson games are a huge letdown. <laughs> the The Simpsons game 
you know, it's actually called The Simpsons Game. That was actually kind of fun. Yeah. Because that actually kind of got what The Simpsons was all about. Right. Before that, garbage. Yeah. Oh, my God. Terrible games. Yeah. Especially all those old NES games Uh where you could just play as Bart. Yeah. Bartman, the video game. Let's move on, shall we? Um, Now, we have a category called Other. It just turned into a wrestling category, so I might go ahead. Um. I brought up the blindfold match of WrestleMania 7. Well, between Rick the Model Martel yep. and Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, the reason I think this was good execution, uh, good idea, bad execution, mm-hmm. was you could have made this like a whole like zen, just using your other senses to find some find the opponent yeah. and then work that out. No. What turned out happening was... Listening for the fans to, to cheer if you were Jake Roberts, of if you're getting close to him. Right. And just kind of, like, feeling around the ring for ten minutes. This should have been just a complete, like, blindfolds, in the dark, no no fans around. Yep. Like, maybe watching on big screen TVs or right. something, but no no noise. Yeah. I would have been so cool, but the, This instead... is your beer and bathroom break. Yeah. That's the type of match this was. Pretty much. Now, I got one that you know, has been done to death within the wrestling community. The WWE, WCW, ECW Invasion Angle. Yep. Back in 2001, 10 years, I can't believe it's been 10 years, uh, WCW went out of business, and they were bought by their biggest competitor, WWE. Actually, WWF at the time. Which they got, they got sued by the... By the World, World Wildlife, Wildlife Foundation. Foundation. For something stupid, too. It, was, it had nothing to do with the name. It had something to do with like the website. Oh, okay. So they just said, yeah, oh, sorry. fuck this, we'll just change everything. Yeah. And ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, had also gone under. So, they brought they bought WCW and ECW. And we're going to have this massive invasion angle. So, everybody was thinking, alright, these are where the dream matches are going to happen. Goldberg is going to come in. He's going to fight Steve Austin. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. What ended up happening was, all the, guy, all the big, big names in WCW were still under massive contracts. And instead of buying out their contracts and making... The, the license to print money, mm-hmm. they let them all sit at home and do nothing. Your biggest star in the beginning of the angle was Diamond Dallas Page, okay. who um, started an angle with The Undertaker where he was stalking his horse-faced wife, Sarah. <laughs> I am not kidding, all right? Here's what happened. After it was revealed that he was the one stalking The Undertaker's wife, or Sarah Taker, as we like to call her, um, he was beaten pillar to post by The Undertaker. Of course. Like like a jobber, okay? This Diamond Dallas Page is a veteran in the ring. Didn't even get one lick of offense in. <laughs> so after he was humiliated by this, then they had a match between Diamond Dallas Page and Sarah Taker. Oh, and did not get a lick of offense in because Sarah Taker wiped the floor with him. Do you see why we don't take this angle seriously anymore? What didn't... Didn't WCW have Hollywood Hulk Hogan? They had Hollywood Hulk Hogan. They let him sit at home. They had Kevin Nash. Let him sit at home. Scott Hall. Let him sit at home. Sting. Let him sit at home. Ric Flair. Let him sit at home. See, I would have loved a a match between The Undertaker and Sting. Because they're both really, like, pretty much emos. Yeah. Yeah. But the problem is that Sting would have to lose. Yeah. You just don't lose The Undertaker for whatever reason. The other thing, too, is that this, this angle became less and less about the three brands than it was about the McMahon children. Oh, Stephanie right. owned ECW and Shane owned WCW and one of the greatest remarks of all time which I really wanted to beat the shit out of him for. You know what the C in WCW stands for? No. Cookie. And that's good enough for me. He said that on live TV in front of millions of people. 
Thank you, Shane. We yeah. know you watch. We you regularly watch Sesame Street. This angle should have gone eighteen months. It went five. Did not draw nearly the money it could have because they pulled the trigger and refused to let the, the WWF guys look bad. And let's face it, the only reason for um, Stephanie McMahon yeah. is she's a McMahon with boobs. She's a McMahon with boobs. Uh, yeah, she is also married to Triple H. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they 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 sired three children together. Wow. Yeah, it's terrifying. Ouch. All right. So, guys, thank you very much for everybody who did contribute to uh, to our our uh, early edition. He, they've sired three children, three little H's. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Wah, uh, wah, uh. <laughs> let's, anyway, let's go on to our segments. Let's move on to stupid, stupid. Mike, take this, because you told me about it. Yeah, it has been announced. The Man of Steel movie, the uh, Superman reboot, another Superman reboot. They've announced the casting for Jor-El. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Oh, God. Yes, the Aussie. Oh, my God. Now, I've got a son. I'm going to send him to Earth, where he's going to beat the crap out of everyone. He, all right, here's my, here's my issue with it. First of all, this is about as Brando as you can get. Yeah. Because first of all, I I'm pretty sure he doesn't know how to uh, pronounce Krypton, you know, Krypton or Kryptonian. It's a Kryptonian, little Krypton. But you know, overweight, mumbly guys who have lost their mind. That is pretty much what we're looking at. Yeah. For this. Uh, to be honest, I think the best casting ever for Jor El was Terrence Stamp in the car- in the cartoon. No, Smallville. He was oh, vo- old. Okay. They never showed him, but he was the voice of uh, okay. Jor-El, and he was a great voice of Jor-El. Cool. I, I don't know. They are trying to shoehorn so many celebrities into this movie. Kevin Costner's in it. Sally Field is in the movie. Yeah, I mean, the smallest name is the guy playing Superman. Yeah, Henry Cavill, and yeah. then Michael Shannon playing Zod. Yeah. Really? Those are the two smallest names in there, and they're the ones that are going to be expected to carry the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? While we're on the subject of DC and stupid, stupid, quickly let's talk DC reboot. Uh, see, I will kind of take a Mike take, C stance here. All right, I'm going to defend it a little bit. All right, um, they've just been quite and. They've just been deluging so many mixing and conflicting continuities over the years. Yep. I mean, they've had about three reboots. Yeah. The problem is they just did one two years ago. No. When they did 52, that was supposed to be the reboot. That was five years ago. Was that five years ago? Really? 2006. Still, that's that's really a fast time for a yet another reboot. Yeah. But this one, it looks like they're doing it complete. I mean, everyone is starting at issue one. They're just doing 52 issues. What's with them in 52? At one a week. Okay. Um, but, I mean, they're literally rebooting everyone. The no. main problem I have with it is that they are rebooting Batgirl. And guess who's going to be Batgirl? Who? Barbara Gordon. God damn it. No longer paralyzed. No longer been shot by and raped by the Joker. Yes. So, you know, this, this shrine, this, you know, icon for paraplegics everywhere it's now going to be fully functional and, and you know it's like, really able to jump and run you know i love stephanie brown I, i've loved her ever since spoiler and now and then she was Batgirl. yeah 
I want her to be Batgirl again. Well, no, what was wrong with her? She was a very, very serviceable Batgirl. Yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. And they're keeping Damian Wayne as the most pissy Robin in the face of the planet. <laughs> they're changing Superman's outfit again. Yeah. Do they learn nothing? They're giving. They're giving him like metal pants. Oh God. I don't know. They're my man of steel pants. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. yeah, so let's move on before I eat. My, my, my blood begins to boil more so than it already yeah. is. Yeah. Stupid! Stupid! Trailer Park! Um, I don't. Did you get Did you get this at X Men? Huh? Did you get the trailer? This tra- you didn't get no, the trailer? No, no, I didn't get did okay. No, I, I got pretty much all comic book movies at X Men. Really? Yeah. Really? No. Rise of the Planet of the Apes, starring James Franco. Or as I like to call it, Night of the Flinging, flinging Poo. about huge potential for millions of people. Our therapy enables the brain to repair itself. We call it the cure. I want you to start testing on chimps ASAP. We test one subject. I want to make sure it's stable. I designed the 112 for repair, but Caesar's gone way beyond that. Intelligence. Skills that far exceed that of a human counterpart. This is wrong, Will. It works. And what about Caesar? Where does he fit in? That chimp's company property. He hasn't spent any time with other chimps. They're not people, you know. You're trying to control things that are not meant to be controlled. All right. Um, your thoughts? You know, I call it Night of the Flaming Poop because when I watched this, I was like, this looks like exactly like every other zombie movie I have ever seen. But instead of zombies, it's monkeys. Yeah. you Folks, you've done this before. It was called Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. I love Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. Um, all right. Here, here's my... It, it looks cool. It could be very cool as long as the special effects haven't been completed yet. Yeah. Because Caesar looks fake. Big time. It looks like a guy with a monkey suit on. It just, no, it looks like a CG monkey. Yeah. It literally looks like he doesn't exist in our plane of existence. Well, it, his face looks like a... Right. Yeah. Um, I think Andy Serkis did the uh, the facials for that, too. If I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't doubt it. He's done monkeys at Well, he did, he did King Kong. Yeah, and he did... And got... Um, uh, Gollum. Yeah, he did Gollum. It's just like, I, th- I thought you were going to sing other than Gollum. I was going to jump in for you. No. Um, I'm really looking forward to him and Tintin, though. Yeah. Be okay. I just I, I, this looks like it could be very exciting, and hopefully it leads to something good. Um, yeah, whatever, James Franco. Uh, I hate the name of the the miracle drug. They call it the cure. Oh yeah. There's nothing more original that you could find other than the cure. X Men Three. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. In fact, in fact, in X Men Three, they didn't they have their cure guns? They yes, they did. Cure guns. <laughs> They're made of plastic. They're plastic cure guns. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Awful. Uh... God damn it. Two thousand six, the year X Men turned to Superman Returns and said, "You call that sucking?" Oh wait, God. Wait, the cure. So wait, are we gonna have some kind of guitar solo? Moby, on? yeah, Moby guitar solos. <laughs> 
while while the monkeys learn how to play chess, chess <laughs> fling poo, and then take over humanity and fight Mecha Streisand. <laughs> oh man, we're almost at the end, Mike. Almost at yes. the end. Let's, we're let's, we're making it. All right, let's let's start with our salad shills. Yes. We both. All right. As is the summer tradition, mm-hmm. you know, when when a big geek movie comes out that both Mike and I have seen, we got to talk about it. Yep. Let's talk about X Men First Class. Oh, wow! First Class is the perfect way to say how much I what I thought of this movie. This movie was first class. I take back every negative thing I said at the very beginning, and apparently I wasn't the only one. Yeah, there was a lot of people who just did not. Want this oh, yeah. to happen. I remember you. I remember you kind of junking this one. Oh my god! I am so happy to say eating I was wrong. crow now. I am so happy to say I was wrong. Yeah. What an awesome movie! I only had really one kind of downside to it. Yeah. Uh, two mutants, two mutant kids that they brought in. No point. No point. Um. Oh, Angel and Darwin and Darwin. Yeah, we won't get into what happens to Darwin. Um. Needless to say, he's black and he's going to die. What order that happens in is up to you. Only black mutant. What happens? Why, he's dead. Oh, boy. And then there's... Yeah, the thing with Angel is... And this isn't much of a spoiler because it happens so early on in the movie. Yeah. That she she te- she goes with uh, Sebastian Shaw's group. Yeah. She's, she's getting along great with the other kids. For no reason. Dar- at all. Uh, Darwin gets killed brutally and she's like... Yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Really? You cared about five minutes ago? What happened? Right. I also want to know what, how the power of flight with wings and spouting lava balls. Yeah. How does that combine? How does that work together? I don't know. I, I thought she was... When, honestly, when I first saw the trailers, mm-hmm. I thought she was going to be Pixie. Uh, well, that she's supposed to be Pixie. But they decided to call her Angel because they didn't call um, Warren Worthington Angel in X3. Of course not. Why would they? No, because obviously he's Angel. He'll be Archangel when they ever do pick up with everything. If ever. All right. Michael Fassbender? Brilliant. Awesome. James McAvoy? Awesome. Brilliant. Kevin Bacon is the shits in this movie. He is so good as Sebastian Shaw. Yeah. Oh, my God. Those three guys carry the entire movie. And and what, the White Queen, Emma Frost? Was, was uh, wooden? Yes. She's just kind of there. Yeah, she was. Um, um, but she looked good. Yeah, she looked. Oh, she looked fantastic. Yeah. You kidding me? Like, oh, I'm sorry. She's supposed to be acting in this. I didn't notice. Um, I thought their choice of mutants was good, mm-hmm. and that's. I, I think the biggest because I, I was having this conversation with one of my coworkers about the movie. I think you really have to buy the first class aspect of it first, the prequel aspect of it, nature of it first, yeah. and you have to let go of the comic book continuity. Yeah. Because this is a direct prequel to the movies you've already seen. They've already introduced uh, Cyclops. They've already introduced Storm. They've already introduced Jean Grey. They've already introduced Angel. They've already introduced Iceman. Ha- bringing Beast really is the only like real, true, first-class right. character. Fantastic. Oh, they have uh, Banshee and Havoc yep. haven't made an appearance in a movie yet, so they deserve to be in there. And to be honest, I think the most underrated character in this one, Mystique. Was Mystique, yeah. I thought she was very good. She, I, I love what they did with her. I love that they made her kind of like uh, Charles Xavier's foster sister. Right. They gave her an emotional emotional aspect to this movie that you never got when watching the other movies. Right, exactly. There was a neat little uh, cameo, by the way, by Rebecca Mormaine. And an even better cameo. Yes, exactly. We'll just play that for you right now just to get it out of the way. 
Excuse me, I'm Eric Lynchard. Sounds Xavier. Go fuck yourself. And we will say nothing more about that. Quite right. All right. Um, I, you know, it's just it's such a good movie. It really is. Uh, the 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 '60s aspect is really cool. Yeah. Um, I really, really dug Fastbender. I right. really dug what he was doing with that. He, yeah, he, I thought he stole the show. He did. He did. But McAvoy is equally as good. Yes. Um, he was very, very smarmy. He was a dick. He was. <laughs> he was kind of dickish throughout the entire thing, which I, I had no problem with. He start. he's, you know, one of the first times you see him when he's like kind of, you know, you see him as a young kid. Yeah. One of the first times you see him after that is... He's trying to use his uh, telepathy, telepathy to pick up chicks. Exactly. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Um, which uh, is which is great because you know in, in the comic book continuity, you know Xavier's a bit of a pussy hound. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, if you had telepathy, oh yo, I, try, I, try I, to tell me that me. you you wouldn't I'd be, be lying doing that. if I if I didn't. No, here's what I want to know though. For the next movie, do you go back to present day X Men or do you do another prequel? I think you gotta do another prequel to kind of bridge the gap. I think so too. You bring in a young storm. You can bring in new mutants. You can bring in Sunfire and Thunderbird, the two most racist <laughs> mutants ever. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you can bring them in. You can bring Polaris in. But you know what? I would be really, really looking forward to seeing. Bring in Cyclops and still have Havoc around. Yeah. Well, they they got to figure out a way to work that, that yeah. whole thing out anyway. The two Summers brothers. Though. But I think the way to do that is you bring in the deus ex machina, which is Mr. Sinister. Yeah. He has to be your next villain. Which the guy's is... got the ability to clone people. Shouldn't be that hard. No. <laughs> What's kind of sad, though, is I could see Kevin Bacon playing Mr. Sinister. Exactly. Exactly. But uh, we were talking about this at work. Uh, Felipe and I were talking about it at work. And he brought up Daniel Craig. With a name like Nathan Essex, you kind of have to be a Brit. You do. So, um, yeah, either him. I, w- I wouldn't mind Clive Owen. Clive Owen would work out quite well. I think I think so. Yeah, nice because he's got the he's got the nice angular face to it. Right, so. exactly. And he has played villains, and he excelled at them. Right. So, uh, yeah, um, I give this movie my, my highest marks of the summer so far. I actually liked it better than Thor. Not taking away anything from Thor, because it's a, it's a photo finish. Right. Um, I, I still like Thor a little bit more, but I'm a sucker for the Asgardians. So. Yeah. So, uh, moving on to my show of the week, my actual individual show of the week, the Book of Mormon soundtrack. I've only heard one track so far, but... Oh, oh you've only heard Hello, haven't you? Yes, That's right, the one you sent to me, yeah. actually. Um, if, if, if you are not in the know with the theater community, a Book of Mormon just won nine Tony Awards Very out of a nice. possible 14. Um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone have made a classic. Yes, they have. It is so addictive and so easy to sing along with. Actually, Alyssa, I posted some of the songs on Facebook today and Alyssa was like, yeah, these are unbelievably addictive songs. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to play a little bit of a clip right now just so you get a little taste for it. Now you got to go out and you got to find this thing. You got to find the soundtrack. It's awesome. 
And apparently it's sold out up until, like, October or November. In, on Broadway? Mm-hmm. Whew. Yeah. Might have to buy a tickets for you for Christmas. They have a hit. No, you're not buying those for me because they're, like, $400. You're not spending that kind of money on me. No, I'm not. No, you're not. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the thought, but no. No, I won't buy those for myself. <laughs> So check it out. Check out the soundtrack. Uh, check out some of the behind-the-scenes stuff they have on YouTube. It's fantastic. Hmm. How about you, Mike? What do you got? Well, I picked up a PS3 game, Infamous 2. Okay. Um, it basically follows the story storyline from the first Infamous. You play this uh, guy named Cole, who he, he's in the center of this huge explosion that mm-hmm. wipes out like six city blocks. Wow. And he's the only survivor, and he gains like massive electric powers from it. Okay. And there's a whole, like, backstory that I'm not going to reveal, but this one, he's left, um, like, the main setting of the first game because he gets chased out by this creature called the Beast, which is this humongous creature that you fight in the first battle, actually, and he completely destroys the entire city. So you go down south to, like, this New Orleans-type city called Mm -hmm. New Marais. All right. And there you're trying to build up your powers so you can, you know, get ready for this rematch with the Beast, who's stalking his way through the country. Right. Destroying cities left and right. Hmm. And it's a very, very good story. Very good. It's a very sandbox game. Okay. But it is extremely fun. You get to choose... Like, each mission has kind of, like, good karma points and bad karma points, where you yep. can either be a complete dick or a complete, <laughs> or a complete saint. Okay. And you get to be both, you know, sometimes. Cool, yeah. cool. So, fantastic. That's a pretty, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah. If I had a PS3, I'd probably play it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Maybe I'll give you that for Christmas. Uh, no, Mike, Mike, no. <laughs> anyway, well, I still try to get that one off my dad, yeah. that he was using his DVD player. Still so, haven't gotten it yet? I'm just trying to figure out the best way of not being a dick about it. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, coming up next time is going to be episode 47. We're going to take up more of a somber note. Yes. We're going to uh, talk about um, our favorite nerdy dead people. Yeah. Pretty much if we lost someone within, let's say, the last 10, 15 years. All right? I'll agree with that. Yeah. Um, just as someone that you want to talk about that you really love their work and you want to talk a little bit about it, we'd love to hear it. Uh, we'd love to hear it. It's going to be kind of a short show, I think. Yeah. So, because... Uh, for, for example... For example, Phil Hartman. Or, yeah. uh, the original uh, germination for the show was Randy Savage. Yeah. We're actually going to talk a little bit about Randy Savage, a couple of other dead wrestlers. Uh, and to show you how far you know how far off the beaten path we can go, I'm going to talk about Captain Phil Harris from Deadliest Catch. Oh, nice. I, nice. I, I, I really miss him. Yeah. So that's going to be our, uh, our, our show for next time, episode 47. So if you want to contribute, you can get us on um, our Facebook page, Geek Salad Podcast. Yeah, you can also get us at uh, geeksalad at yahoo.com. We're available on Twitter at Geek Salad Radio. Uh, you can also get us through our personal email addresses yep. or our personal Facebook pages. Mm-hmm. So until next time, I'm Andy. And I'm Mike. Go forth and be nerdful. We will talk to you later.